The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. That John that is talking about there is John the Baptist, okay? As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following, and he asked, What do you want? And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. What did Jesus say? Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the men who heard what John said and he followed Jesus. Then Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Come and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. And Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth? exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself. What did he say? Come and see for yourselves, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Now, you know, usually I don't read that much, you know, on Sunday morning from a portion of scripture. But this portion of scripture here is so rich. This story that we just read here, okay, has so many things that is going on. Can you repeat with me? Come and see. Say it again. Come and see. Now repeat with me. Go and tell. Okay, that's what's going on in this scripture. That's what's going on in this story, okay? Here, Jesus is choosing, okay, his first disciples, all right? And what what is so amazing about the story, and we're going to break this down, all right? I want to share with you three ways, okay? And I want you guys, I encourage you guys to take notes, whether it's on your phone, okay? Or if you have like a little notebook or something like that, you're watching online, go ahead and take notes of what we're going to share. I want to share with you three ways to reach people for God based on this scripture that we just read here. Three ways of reaching people for God that we see here. The first thing we see, okay, is John the Baptist. Who's John the Baptist? John the Baptist, okay, was Jesus' cousin. And John the Baptist was the main preacher of the day. You know, he was like, maybe like Joel Osteen or something like that. I mean, he had crowds that were following him. I mean, masses that were following him. And John, the day before, baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River. And the next day, Jesus is passing by where John is. 
And John exclaimed something to his disciples that were there with him. You know what John said? He goes, there is the Lamb of God as Jesus was passing by. What did John do? John pointed to Jesus. John pointed to Jesus in front of his disciples. Sometimes when we're reaching people for Jesus, all we need to do is point the way. Point number one this morning of my message, all right? Point to Jesus. Let's point to Jesus. When Jesus is passing by, John does something that is amazing. He lifts up Jesus in front of his two disciples. And he says, look, that is the Lamb of God. That is the Lamb of God. There's many people that were preaching and many different type of ideologies back then in Jesus' time. But when John points out Jesus and he says, that is the Lamb of God, you know what he did? He, remember his influence with people. Okay, top preacher of the day. And when he says, that's Jesus, the Lamb of God, he just took Jesus from this level and just put him all the way up here on a pedestal by himself. Now there's an amazing scripture that I love where Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And what John did is that he lifted Jesus up in front of his disciples. And you know what happened? Well, what his disciples did is like, John, it's been nice following you. It's been nice hearing you preach. But if he's the Lamb of God and you're not, brother, see you later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what did John's disciple do? They went and they followed Jesus. And they got up so close. Have you ever had somebody following you, you know, in a weird way? You know, that they're like sneaking up on you and everything. You're like, what in the world is going on? You know, the other day I drove out of here. You know, if you're a policeman, I don't have anything against you. I love, you know, policemen. We have some that come right here to church and they sit among us. All right. The other day I drove out of church on Friday and there was a, a cop car right behind me. And I turn on 117th and he turns right behind me. And I turn on Kendall Drive and he turns right behind me. I'm like, oh, oh, what did I do? I'm like, man, do I have like a broken tail light? You know, what's going on? And then I finally got on the turnpike and then he kept on going. I'm like, this guy's not going to get on the turnpike because he's not going to go in that direction, you know? It was weird because he was following me so close. Have you ever had somebody following you so close that it feels weird? So these guys are getting up on Jesus' business because they're following him so close that Jesus turns around and he says, what do you guys want? What do you guys want? I mean, you guys are like, you know, almost, you know, hitting me. You're walking so close. What do you want? They asked Jesus. And, and let me tell you something. That's a big question. They're talking to the Lamb of God that John just pointed out. I mean, if you have Jesus come this morning and sit next to you and say, hey, what do you want? What would you answer? Boy, Jesus, I want $50 million in my bank account. <laughs> You know what? I want, you know, I want a wife. I want a husband. Hey, be careful what you wish for. You know, no, no. You know, I want, you know, I want you to deal with this brokenness. I want you. What would you tell Jesus if Jesus would ask you, what do you want? Very profound. And Andrew, okay, that is following Jesus, he tells them, where are you staying? Where is it that you're staying, Jesus? 
You see, I just heard John point you out and say that you're the Lamb of God. Where is it that you're staying? I want to know you a little bit more close. I want to find out about you. And Jesus answers him and says, Come and see. Come and see. You see, for Andrew and whoever the other disciple is that is not mentioned here, okay, all that John needed to do was point the way. Point to Jesus. And it was enough for them to go ahead and follow Jesus. Sometimes, guys, let me tell you something. All we need to do is point people to Jesus. And their hunger, their own desire will just take them the rest of the way. These guys, you know, all they needed to hear was John say that and they went. They went hard after Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, where are you staying? We want to be with you. We want to learn about you. All they needed was somebody to point Jesus out. And they were hooked. Have you maybe done that? Or known people like that? Or maybe you're like that. That somebody one day, you know, pointed and said, hey, that's Jesus. And all of a sudden, you just went after him. You see, when you point to some people, you point Jesus out, you know what they'll do? They'll come and see. They'll come and see. They'll come and see. Many will just come to church by themselves. And you'll say, hey, you got to go to my church. You got to go to Numa. You know, God is doing some amazing things there. And, and they will come to see Jesus by themselves. I've had people come and greet us in the, in the welcome lounge. And I'm like, how did you get here? No, somebody told me, you know, that, you know, the services were at 10 a.m. and 12. And I just showed up. And I'm like, where's the person that invited you? I don't even know. I just came. There's some people that will just come and see if you point to where Jesus is at. Their own hunger, their own desire. Maybe they heard a story. Maybe they heard a testimony of something uh, that God did in somebody's life. How he showed up at the right moment. I want to encourage you, church, Numa Church, you're watching online. I want to encourage you always in your relationships, point to Jesus. Always in your relationship, point people to Jesus. You never know when that person's been searching and that's all that they needed. Somebody to point them in the right direction. So Andrew and this disciple that is not mentioned, they follow Jesus. Jesus says, you know, they tell Jesus, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. And the scripture continues and it says, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. They showed up at four o'clock in the afternoon and these guys just stayed. Have you had people come to your house and stay overtime? You know what I'm saying? They'll just come and they get there for the party. The party's been over three hours ago and they're still hanging around. You know, does that happen to you? That happened to Jesus here. They showed up at 4 o'clock and it's 10 o'clock in the night and Andrew and the other guy are still hanging out, you know? I don't know how Jesus might have handled that situation there, but the Bible doesn't say that part. All it says is that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the men that heard what John said and he followed Jesus. All right? Now, listen to what happens. Very amazing. Okay? He stays with Jesus for one afternoon and that was enough for him to follow Jesus the rest of his life. He hung out with Jesus for one afternoon and it was enough for him just to plug in 
and follow Jesus the rest of his life. How must that afternoon must have been? Amazing. What a powerful moment. What a powerful moment just because somebody pointed the way. You know that there's people here this morning that you've come here to this place and you've met Jesus here and you've built relationship and you're maybe like me, man, you can't wait for Sunday to come around. Because, man, you want to come and, and gather together because you're, you're finding Jesus when you come into this place. And let me tell you something, I did that. Okay, back in 1995, it's 2019, and I'm still following hard after Jesus. Now, Andrew, okay, shows us a second way in reaching people for Jesus. It says here, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. You see, Number two, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Bring people to meet Jesus. Okay? John pointed the way. We need to point to Jesus. But sometimes pointing to Jesus is not going to be enough. Sometimes we're going to have to bring people to meet Jesus. And that's what Andrew did. Andrew went and he looked for his brother Simon. Okay? It's a little more than pointing. Sometimes for some people, pointing is not going to be enough because they're not your typical church-going folks. Maybe they're a little bit rough around the edges. Maybe they've lived some stuff. Maybe they're going through something at the moment. You see, Simon, I love Simon because Simon was not a religious man. Okay? Simon was a businessman. He was a hard worker. He was not polished. I'm sure he might have not used the best language. All right. He was a man that was providing for his families. The Bible shows us that he had other boats so that he had people that were working for him. And he wasn't going to follow Jesus as easily as Andrew followed Jesus. It was going to take a little more than that to get Simon to go after Jesus. So since Andrew knew that, you know what he did? He brought his brother in direct contact with Jesus. It wasn't enough to say, hey, you know what? God is doing something over there. It's more like, hey, come on, man. I'm taking you by the hand. Let's go. I need to connect you to Jesus. I need to connect you to Jesus. I want to encourage you guys here at Numa Church. I want to encourage each of you guys to bring friends and family on Sunday mornings. Bring them to Friday night youth service. I want to give a shout out to all our youth leaders that are here this morning. They did a fantastic uh, event this Friday night, you know, and they did it to reach people, you know, and they were playing some sort of kickball game, but instead of bases, it was like pools. So people had to dive in into the pool and get wet and all that. To me, that sounds like I could get injured. Okay, for them means that they could get people here, you know? So, hey, whatever it takes to reach people, that's cool, man. You know what? Get people in here. Bring them, all right? Bring them to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something, church. If you bring them here, if you get them here, we're going to do all that we can to make sure that they encounter Christ. Man, we are working hard to make sure that they would encounter Christ when they come here. And I challenged you, church, a few weeks ago. Hey, before this year ends, let's bring two families, each of us. If each of us can reach out to two families, to two people, and just, you know what, invite them, bring them in. The same way that Andrew brought Peter. Peter needed a Jesus encounter. And that's exactly what Peter got. 
You see, he would have never imagined what was about to take place in his life. Once Simon got to Jesus, it says that looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The moment that he is brought to Jesus, check this out, Jesus connects him with his purpose for being alive. You imagine you bring somebody here on Sunday morning, you introduce them to me. Hey, this is Pastor Chris. Hey, how are you? And I look at the person and say, you know what? You've been called so-and-so, but from today on, you're going to be called this other thing. You imagine the shock, you know what I'm saying, in that person's life. That's what just happened. And you know what? Since Peter, or Simon in this case, was a person that was unchurched, not religious, all of a sudden that caught his attention. Caught his attention. Why did it catch his attention? Because Jesus is telling him, Simon, you might have done good for yourself till now. You know, but I'm going to call you Peter from now on. You might have done pretty good as Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter because I have an amazing purpose for Peter. What was the purpose? Well, Peter was one of the top three of all the apostles that Jesus had. Peter was the one that Jesus chose to preach on the day of Pentecost and 5,000 people got saved on that first day. Other than Jesus, he's the only other person that I know of in history that has walked upon the water. Now, you might have tried to walk upon a pool or something like that, you know. I remember I had a kiddie pool one day. I'm like, look, I'm walking on water. Of course, it was only like three inches deep, you know. So I was like, walking, you know. Peter's the only other person. That's what walked on water. Peter healed people. Peter resurrected dead people. Okay? Even his shadow, when it would fall on people, they would get healed. You imagine that? You imagine that when you're walking down the street, your shadow would be healing people? He's the main leader of the church along with the Apostle Paul in the first century. Now, Peter, the reality is, in that moment that he's meeting Jesus, he's not imagining all that. He's not seeing none of that. All he's saying is that Andrew, okay, just took him to meet this guy named Jesus. But Jesus had a purpose for Peter's life. And let me tell you something. Jesus still has a purpose for each of our lives that are in here this morning. Jesus still has a purpose for you that are watching online. You see, you're not just here to exist you're here because you have a purpose. You're not here just to take up air. You're here because you have a purpose in this life. And at Numa Church, the way that Jesus is connecting people to their purposes is through our growth track. And our growth track is this four-step system, okay, that we've put into place which will take you to the point of you knowing what is the wiring that you have inside and how that could help others and you could live according to the purpose that God has for you. If you have not done your growth track, let me tell you, church, you need to do it. Because let me tell you something, there's two great days in this life. I, I could say three. The day that you're born, the day that you're born again because you gave your life to Jesus, and the day that you know what you were born for. Three great days. The day you're born, the day you're born again, and the day that you say, okay, finally, I was made for this. This is what I was made for. 
how frustrating it is when we're living life and we don't know what we were made for. Sometimes we're even in a point of depression, in a point of wanting to take our lives away. This week they shared with me a testimony that blew my mind. You see, there's this man of God that uh, is used powerfully in the Hispanic church. He's a prophet. And this guy, you know, whenever he speaks to somebody and he starts to prophesy over somebody, it's like direct, you know, like the way that this guy speaks. And I was hanging around with Marcos Runet, and Marcos Runet knows him personally. And he started to share about us, about him. And he goes, do you know, okay, that he's a third generation homeless I was like, what? I thought he was going to say he was a third generation pastor. You know what I'm saying? That his grandfather was a pastor and his dad was a pastor. And that now that's why he's a prophet. He's a third generation homeless. His grandfather was homeless. His dad was homeless. And he was homeless. And when he was a young kid, he wanted to take his life in certain moments of his life. And one day he decided, this is the day that I'm going to kill myself. I don't want to live anymore. Still a teenager. And he had prepared everything and orchestrated how that day he was going to shoot himself. And as he was preparing for that, a lady crossed his path and said, Hey, why don't you come with me to this event that is going to be taking place at the beach it was in, 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 in Brazil. There's going to be this event that is going to take place on the beach. I would like for you to come. This kid is homeless. So he goes, all right, you know what I'll do? I'll go to the event. And then after that, when I get back, then I'll take my life. Well, guess what? When he went to the event, this kid gave his life to Jesus. He gave his life to Christ. And that person that had invited him started to prophesy over his life and say, you know what? God is going to use you in the nations of the world and you're going to be a spokesman for him and you're going to stand up in some of the biggest platforms of Latin America and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. That day, that young man's life changed forever because Jesus came into his heart and he was connected to the purpose for which he was alive. Today, he broke the cycle of poverty in his life. No longer is he homeless. He has a beautiful wife. He has beautiful beautiful kids. He's pastoring a church in Argentina. God is using him in a mighty way. Why? Because somebody brought him to Jesus. You never know who is that person that you're inviting. You never know who that person that you're bringing is. But God has purposes and plans for their lives. And the third way of reaching people for Jesus happened right after this encounter that Peter has. And it has to do with the other two guys that are mentioned in the story, Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to go on to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Come and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. And his name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, he exclaimed, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see for yourself. Philip replied. So Jesus goes and he finds Philip and he tells Philip to follow him. And Philip, what he does is that immediately he goes out and looks for Nathanael. Now, what's amazing about this part of the story, guys, is that Philip, like Andrew before him, doesn't stay quiet about Jesus. He immediately goes out and he has to look for somebody. Andrew looked for his brother. This guy went and he looked for his friend. 
If we can learn anything from this story this morning, church, when you come to Jesus, don't come alone. When you come to Jesus, don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. Philip tells Nathaniel, this is the guy that we have been waiting for. This is the guy that Moses and all the prophets talked about. Now, the amazing part of this story, okay, is that Nathaniel is a little bit different than Simon Peter. Simon Peter was not a religious man. He was a fisherman. However, Nathaniel was a student of the scriptures. Nathaniel knew his Bible. He knew that God was going to send the Messiah. Why? Because when Philip talks to him, he goes, hey, this is the guy that Moses pointed to. This is the guy that the prophets pointed to. In other words, Nathaniel knew that language. He knew what they were talking to him about. And that's why when they told him, where's he from? Oh, he's from Nazareth. He goes, what? I haven't seen anything in the scriptures about Nazareth. And Philip just tells him this phrase, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Can you say that with me? Come and see. Can you repeat with that with me? Come and see. Say it. Come and see. Now, as they're leaving to approach Jesus, this is what impacts me about this part of the story. Jesus is right there near them. You see, Philip not only pointed to Jesus the same way that John the Baptist did, he didn't only bring, okay, Nathaniel to meet Jesus, it says here in this scripture that as they were leaving, okay, to approach Jesus, Jesus is right there near them. So we're not only, number one, going to point the way. Number two, bring them. I want you to write this down. Number three, take Jesus to meet people. Take Jesus to meet people. Always point the way to Jesus. Always invite people to come and meet Jesus. But sometimes we're going to have to take Jesus to go and meet people. You see, I'm sure Philip told Jesus, Hey, you want me to follow you? I have this other friend of mine. I have this other guy. His name is Nathaniel. He's amazing. Jesus, I would love for you to take a moment and talk to him. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, okay, prayed about, and Lord, if you reached me, Lord, can you reach this other person here? I love that person, man. He's a great friend of mine. And that's what Philip does. He talks to Jesus about Nathaniel. And I imagine there was a moment in that conversation that Jesus, okay, Philip, I'll go with you. Where's your friend at? And it says here that Jesus tells Nathaniel, now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Follow the story. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. You see, what Jesus is saying, as Philip was on his way to get you, I was so close that I was spotting you out, standing over there by that kitchen door. You see, I was in another part of town, but Philip told me about you. So I came with him. And I saw you over there standing by that camera. I was checking you out. Before Philip got to you, I was already looking at you. I was already seeing you. And I want to tell you something, guys. Take Jesus. This is my encouragement. Take Jesus, which lives inside of you. If you've invited him to be your Lord and Savior, he lives inside of you. Take him to meet your neighbors. 
Take him to meet your friends. Take him to meet your hangout buddies. Take Jesus with you to encounter those people. I'm going to tell you something. Not everyone, okay, is going to come to church. But everyone needs God. Not everyone's going to come to church. But everyone needs God. So take God to them. Take Jesus to them. On a day-to-day basis, at work, at the gym, at the grocery store, at the park, at the school, at your internship, take Jesus with you and let's live an evangelistic lifestyle. Let's live an evangelistic lifestyle. Let's let Jesus that is inside of you talk to the people. And how is he going to do it? Open your mouth. Open your mouth. You see, the disciples didn't know how it was going to happen. And Jesus says, hey, don't worry. When you open your mouth, the spirit of my father will put the right words in your mouth. Has that ever happened to you that you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden you're hearing yourself talk and you're like, that's not me because I'm not that smart. Has that happened to you? It's happened to me a lot of times. I'm hearing myself talk. I'm like, hey, can you just pause, man? I wish I could take notes of what I'm saying because I have never even said this before. It's the Spirit of God speaking. Let's enter the life of those around us and relate with them. Let's make people hungry for our God. I want to tell you a phrase that just has been inside of me for days. And I want this to, to, to stay in your spirit. Everyone wants to know God. Everyone wants to know God. Everyone wants to know God. What I think the problem is, church, is that we're not convinced that they are lost without Christ. I don't think we are convinced as a church, and I'm not just talking Numa, the body of Christ. I don't think we are convinced that people are lost without Christ. And we need to come to that conviction in our heart. Philip took Jesus to Nathaniel, and once Jesus spoke into his life, Nathaniel's only response was, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And from that point on, Nathaniel became a follower of Jesus. So Andrew, Andrew receives an invitation from Jesus to come and see And he went at once and he couldn't keep it to himself. He had to go and tell. Who did he go tell? Peter, his brother. The same happened to Philip. Once he came and he saw who Jesus was, he couldn't keep it to himself. He had to go and tell. Who did he go and tell? He went to tell his friend, Nathaniel. Numa Church, let's walk like this. Let's walk like this, that as we come in here and we come to our small group and we come into our time of fellowship together and we come and see what God is doing, let's go and tell, let's point people to Jesus. Let's bring people to Jesus. Let's take Jesus to where the people are. Let's come and see. And let's go and tell. I want to ask you to bow your heads right there where you're at. Maybe you see me a little passionate about this. Man, I've been brewing this in my spirit. 
I want to walk like that. I want our church to walk like that. I want you that is watching online to walk like that. That we could come and see and experience for ourselves who Christ is, what He's doing. And that we would share that with others, speak to others. Lord, this morning as we hear this message, as you speak into our hearts, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, I want to ask you that you would use me, Lord. Use each of us that are in this place, my God. May our walk with you become desirable for others, Lord God, that are around me and that are looking into our lives. We profess Christ. They want to see how Christ looks like and they're going to look into our lives. Allow me, Lord. Allow me, Lord, to be used by you to reach people for your kingdom. Allow me, Lord, to be used by you to point people in the right direction. Allow me, Lord, to be used by you to bring people to encounter you. Allow us, Lord, to be used by you to take you to a dying world that so desperately needs an encounter, not with religion, not with what religion could offer, a world that needs an encounter with you, Jesus. Use us, Lord, to lead them into a real relationship with God through you. And today, right there where you're at, with your eyes closed, head bowed, you're watching online. This is for you. You might come here this morning and you see what God is doing in this place. Maybe you came through an invitation. Maybe somebody pointed out the way for you. Maybe somebody just brought you here. The important thing is that you are here. That's the important thing, that you made it, that you're here. And today you're hearing me describe that you were made for a relationship with God and that that relationship has been broken through sin. Sin means that we miss the mark. Sin means that we're not perfect. Now the good news is that we've all missed the mark. No one in this place is perfect. And that's why God the Father had to send His Son, Jesus, to live the perfect life that none of us could live. And to die on the cross to take your place and to take my place. Because the Bible says that the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. That's why Jesus had to die. Why? To take my place and to take your place. And today, if you are in this place and you invite Jesus into your heart, the Bible says that your sins will be forgiven and you'll become a son, you'll become a daughter of God. The Bible says that you'll start living for a greater purpose because His Holy Spirit will be living inside of you. You'll receive the gift of eternal life. That relationship that was broken will be restored. And I believe that there's no better way for you to leave this morning, this service. There's no better way to start off this week than with a conviction in your heart that you are a son or a daughter of God. And if today you feel that this that I'm telling you right now is 
speaking directly to you and you feel that you need to invite Jesus into your heart, I want to ask you to bow your heads and just say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I come to you and I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Take me by the hand into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Jesus, from today on, I surrender to my past life. I surrender to hurt and to pain. And I want to live for the purpose that you have for me. So today forward, guide me every day of my life. And I declare from this moment on that I will walk as a son or daughter of God. Because that's the gift that you're giving me today to become a son or daughter of God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.